Hey everybody, welcome to Encouraging Experience Podcast, a ministry of Experience Church. I'm your host, Dave Garza, and I'm really excited today to bring you the beginning of our sermon series. We're going to use sermons and studies in the Word of God to help us suit up with the full armor. We are to equip ourselves daily. And our hopes and our prayers are that you can use this platform to get that word in, as it can be difficult sometimes to to get involved and to get the time to read the word. There's no substitute for studying the word yourself, but we can use this platform to absorb some word, get some study in, and draw closer to God. So that is our hopes in this. So let's get started. I myself will present, be presenting this message tonight. We will have multiple different presenters who will be giving messages that they have prepared because we want this to be a church-wide ministry. And so you're going to get to meet and hear from all types of different speakers. It's going to be very exciting and educational and informal, and we can build one another up. If you know somebody who really just needs to get the Word of God in them, please like, subscribe, follow, and send these messages to them. Without carrying on, the message for today, considering we're right at Super Bowl time and we're coming up on that big day, we're going to title this today as Get in the Game. This is for all of those of you who are football fans, and these following terms can be applied to the church. So let's go over a few of them. A bench warmer. That's someone who does not sing, pray, work, or really do anything but sit in a pew. A draw play is what many children do with the bulletin during worship. Gotta find something to color on, right? Halftime is the period between coffee and donuts and fellowship right before worship starts when a few people choose to just wander around the lobby. Staying in the pocket. That's what happens to a lot of money that should be given to the Lord's work. The two-minute warning. That's the point at which you realize that the sermon, it's almost over, and we start to gather all our stuff up and grab our kids and get everything organized so that we can get out. Instant replay is when the preacher gets lost in his notes and falls back on what he had already said a few moments earlier, and we lose our attention span. Sudden death. What happens to the attention span of the congregation when the preacher goes in overtime, which, of course, is any time after 1130. An end run is when you get out of church quickly without speaking to anybody. A flex defense is the ability to allow absolutely nothing that was said during the sermon to affect your life. And finally, a blitz is the rush that takes place following closing prayer to beat the crowd the local restaurants. With that said, in those terms in mind, Let's follow along in our scripture today as as I read our text. It's found in the book of Mark, chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. We'll be talking about when Jesus heals the paralyzed man. When Jesus returned several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat, right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Man, 
Before we unravel that in a few, I've got a little bit of an example to, to, to read off to you, but wow, that scripture doesn't encourage you to do everything you can to get to Jesus, to really get in the game, and that's what we're going to focus on today. In 1976, Vince Papali was a 30-year-old substitute teacher and bartender in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You've probably seen the movie Invincible, right? It's based on him. He and his buddies spent most Sunday afternoons in the fall either playing football at the park or watching the Eagles play on the TV. Week after week, they had high hopes, but week after week, they got beat. Those of us out, out here... Got to throw this in because I'm a Bears fan. We can really relate to that. Then a new head coach was hired, a man named Dick Vermeil. He had led UCLA to a Rose Bowl in the previous year. Vermeil convinced the owner of the Eagles to hold a public tryout. Mostly, it was a publicity stunt to stir up excitement among the fans and because they didn't really have much to cheer about in the recent years. About the same time, Vince Papali lost his substitute teaching job and subsequently lost his wife, Vince went to talk to his father and see what he thought about Vince trying out for the Eagles. His father advised him not to, because as he put it, a man can only take so much failure. On the other hand, all of his football buddies and a few of his co-workers were really encouraging him to try out for the team. Most of the people who tried out were out of shape, has-beens, or wannabes. At the end of the day, the only one to be selected was Vince. At the age of 30, he became the oldest rookie in the NFL. But even though he may have convinced Coach Vermeil that he could play, he still had to prove himself to the rest of his teammates and to all of them out there, which he eventually did out of sure determination and hard work. He is named the captain of the special teams unit and became a local hero and fan favorite. Eagles fans were crazy about the idea of regular working class guy coming down out of the stands and getting into the game. I mean, that's exciting. Talk about getting you encouraged and built up. But I think there are a lot of Christians today who need to do exactly what Vince Papali did. They need to get out of the stands and into the game. Some of us need to stop being bench warmers and get involved in the life in the ministry of your local church. You see, there was a man in the community that had a reputation for always being able to catch fish. Regardless of the time of year it was, or whether anybody else was catching fish, this man had always managed to come back with a boatload of fish. His brother-in-law, who happened to be a game warden, had always been amazed at the man's success. So one morning, the man agreed to take his brother-in-law fishing with him. They went to a lake that was very well known for poor fishing. The game warden watched his brother-in-law take the boat out in the middle of the lake and cut the motor off. The game warden was confused as he noticed that his brother-in-law didn't worry about finding a ledge or a brush pile or, you know, your typical key areas to throw your line in. He didn't do anything like that. Then instead of getting his rod and reel out, the game warden's brother-in-law pulled a stick of dynamite out of a sack. He lit it and threw it overboard. A few seconds later, there was a big boom, and almost immediately the surface of the lake was covered with stunned fish. The game warden couldn't believe what he had just witnessed. He immediately began reciting the fishing laws and regulations to his brother-in-law. This didn't seem to bother his brother-in-law at all. He simply reached into the bag for another stick of dynamite, lit it, and tossed it to the game warden and said, 
You're going to talk or you're going to fish. The game warden noticed the fuse was almost to the end and he quickly decided to fish. Probably a good choice. I don't think I'd hold on to that either. Now, that story probably isn't true, but it's still a good story. Unfortunately, I think God would like to throw some of us a stick of dynamite today and, and say, well, are you going to talk or are you going to fish? I believe the Lord is asking all of us a question. And that question is this. Are you going to continue to sit there like a knot on a log week after week? Or are you going to get out of your padded pew and be fishers of men like Peter, James, and John? So the question I want to ask you is this. Are you going to get involved in what God is doing in the church, in your local church, and allow him to use you to make a difference in your church and in your community? Or are you going to continue to be a bench warmer? It's kind of a choice you've got to make. I personally believe that the Bible teaches that we are saved to serve, we're not saved to sit. Jesus told his disciples to count the cost of following him before becoming his disciples. So today, I want to spend a few minutes encouraging you to get involved in what God is doing in and through your church. I believe there are several reasons why it is important for all of us to be involved in the life and ministry of the church. First of all, being involved helps us to feel like we belong somewhere. I mean, don't we want to feel that way? The more involved you are in the life and ministry of the church, the more you will feel like a part of the church. It also helps our brothers and sisters in Christ to know that we care about what is going on, and we are willing to get involved and do what we can to help. That builds them up in encouragement. Do you remember the story where Jesus fed over 5,000 people? And let's be honest, we know it had to be more than that because they were just talking to men. So when Jesus fed the thousands of people with five loaves of bread and a couple of fish, do you think that the little boy who gave his lunch to Jesus ever forgot that day? Do you think he ever regretted getting involved? Because I doubt that he ever regretted it. I doubt very seriously if the four friends of the man that Jesus healed in our scripture today ever regretted becoming involved. I'm sure they must have remembered that experience for the rest of their lives. When we get involved in the life and ministry of the church, we will also have the opportunity to bring people to Jesus. We too can have the privilege of seeing God completely transform the lives of our friends. And I guarantee you that when that happens, it's something that will last for a lifetime in your memories. Unfortunately, though, too many people today seem to be content to just sit on the sidelines and watch. Being a bench warmer, critiquing, and sometimes even second-guessing those who are doing their best to fulfill the Great Commission. Jesus said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send more workers into the harvest fields, which is essentially the same thing that I'm saying today. We need more players and less Monday morning quarterbacks and armchair coaches, bench warmers hollering out the calls. So why don't you quit watching from the sidelines and get into the game? Stop talking about it and start fishing. A second reason to become involved in the life and ministry of the church is because it deepens your commitment to Christ. The church is the body of Christ. It is God's chosen tool to reach the world for Christ. 
Therefore, it is worthy of all of your love and all of your support. As you work in the church, your love and commitment for Christ, it will grow. I have never met anyone who has served God faithfully in the church for several years who has said that his or her faith in Christ was weaker because of it. Instead, those who have worked faithfully in the church for years have become what some people refer to as saints. According to a little boy who had been looking at some beautiful stained glass windows in a church in England, saints are people the light shines through. Many of you have served God faithfully in the church. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I don't need to hear this because I've served faithfully for many years. You have been and continue to be people that the light of the world shines through. But unfortunately, we have all known the people who could be classified as skyrocket Christians. A skyrocket is pretty to watch, but its beauty doesn't last very long. A skyrocket Christian is a person who gets on fire for God and jumps in with both feet and begins working in the church. They dazzle our eyes and amaze us with everything that they are able to, to accomplish for the Lord. But then when things don't go the way that they think they should, or someone says something to hurt their feelings, then they sputter and quickly fizzle out. Their lives and their commitment to the Lord and His church are short-lived, and that's heartbreaking. All of you know some people that could be classified as skyrocket Christians, but you also know people who have faithfully served the Lord for many years. They're not just playing church, guys. Their faith in Christ and their commitment to the church have helped you, have helped me, in our walks with the Lord. Because you know that the relationship they have with Jesus Christ is real. And when you see that, it changes you. It encourages you. I'm sure that the four men in our story today deepen their relationship and commitment to the Lord as a result of being personally involved in a miracle. Being involved in the life and the ministry of the church will also deepen your relationship and your commitment to Jesus. So a third reason to be involved in the church is because when we become involved, it enlarges the ministry of the church. My wife had just heard a disturbing report about an increase in the number of women suffering from depression. The report also incited a correlating increase in alcoholism and dependence on prescription drugs. When she heard this, she prayed and essentially asked God what he was going to do about it. But then something happened that she never anticipated. The more she prayed, and the more we prayed together about it, the more she thought about it. The more she felt that God wanted her to do something about it. But of course, all she could see were her own limitations. To help her think it through, she listed some reasons that were keeping her from becoming involved. She was shy. She didn't have much time. She wasn't very self-confident. And perhaps, worst of all, she was scared to death of failing. Quite a discouraging list, don't you think? I think we all do that to ourselves. As she finished up her list, she noticed that it was time to go pick up the kids from school. She put on her coat, then reached for her gloves because it was cold outside. At that moment, she realized that God didn't want her to think about her limitations. It sparked in her mind as she put the gloves on. Instead, he wanted to put his power into her and work through her. Just as her gloves became useful when she put her hands into them, in the same way we sometimes feel so inadequate to do work that God has commanded us to do, but if we will just stop and think about it, we know that he is willing to give us the strength and the courage that we need to carry out our task. 
So now she put the gloves on and is being equipped and prepared to take on these types of situations. Because just like the glove, the glove is useless unless you take the time to put it on and let the glove work for you. God wants to do the same thing to you today. He wants you to pick up his word and put it on, to put it into your heart, to read it and study it so that he can strengthen and prepare you and equip you. See, the four men in our story this morning didn't have any reservations about helping their friend. They weren't afraid to get involved. They saw this as an opportunity to do something to help their friend. In the same way, we as Christians should not be afraid to get involved in what the Lord is doing in and through your church. When we see a need in the church, we should see that need as an opportunity not as something to complain about, but as an opportunity for us to serve the Lord with gladness. For years, evangelist Billy Graham has shared the good news of the gospel of Jesus with millions of people. He's one of my favorites, so you may hear me reference him often. Billy Graham not only believes the church is the body of the Christ, but he also sees the church as a lighthouse that has the responsibility to expel the darkness that is doing its best to cover our land. Several years ago, at the close of a crusade in Dallas, Texas, Billy Graham called on 75,000 people who had attended that particular service to help him illustrate this point. Each of them had been given a match when they entered the stadium that night. They were told to hold on to the match until Graham instructed them to strike it. Dr. Graham stood on the platform and instructed the people to take out the matches they had been given. When they did, the lights were turned off in the stadium and it became very dark. At that moment, Dr. Graham instructed the 75,000 people to strike their matches. Everyone present stood in awe as they experienced the glow and brightness of the light that was shining around them. Dr. Graham then explained that the darkness that had on them before striking their matches was like the darkness of the world. But when each of us allows the light of the world to shine through us, as Jesus told us that we should do, then the darkness of the world will be expelled. Just as the darkness in that stadium was expelled by 75,000 matches. So let's make a commitment to God and to each other today. Let's get involved in what God is doing around us and to do our part to expel the darkness in our little corner of the world. If we will simply trust Him, He will give us the strength we need to accomplish that task. Next, being involved also adds an authentic touch to the claims of the gospel. Let's look again at the story of the paralyzed man. When we read this story, we have the tendency to focus on the sick man and the fact that Jesus healed him. But what about these four men who brought him to Jesus? Who were they? Why did they bother getting involved? Well, we don't know exactly who they were. I would say that they were probably either family members or friends. Obviously, they were people that cared about him and wanted to do everything they could, including cutting a hole in someone's roof in order to get him to Jesus. Perhaps one of them had been healed, or maybe one of them had witnessed Jesus healing someone else. They must have told their crippled friend that Jesus could heal him. But they didn't stop there. You probably heard the saying, actions speak louder than words. These four men were willing to get involved. Their actions, it spoke volumes about their faith. 
Jesus saw that and rewarded their faith by healing their friend. Being involved in the church and doing things for people who need help does not go unnoticed. The Lord notices what we do and so do people in the world. When people in the world see that we care for and are willing to help those in need, it increases the church's influence and respect in the community. Because then they see that our actions are aligning with our words. It's speaking volumes. Being involved in the life and ministries of the church adds weight to the gospel message that we all proclaim or should be proclaiming. Jesus said, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's Matthew 5.16. So why not sign up to help at the coffee counter? Or get involved in one of the ministries that could probably really use your help? But before I close, I need to remind you that there is a cost to being involved. I'm quite confident that these four men, they probably weren't the most popular in town after they cut a hole in the roof and lowered the crippled man down into the middle of the crowd. I'm sure they must have been ridiculed for their actions. But I'm also sure if they had to do it over again, they absolutely would. You know, when it comes right down to it, it doesn't matter what you're involved in. It is always going to cost you something. Children, if you're involved in soccer or football, it requires your time to practice and to play the games. Adults, if you're involved in some kind of club or group or study, they probably require you either to pay dues or to volunteer your time or to put forth a bit of effort to do something that will benefit the group that you're a part of. In the same way, there's a cost to being involved in the church and the ministries of the church. Being involved in the church will require you to love people who are, well, let's be honest, pretty difficult to love. Being involved in the church may require you to work with people who are rather difficult to work with. Being involved in the church may cost you some of your friends who don't see the importance of being active in your local church. Being involved in the church may require you to make some sacrifices. You may have to give up some other things you have been doing in order to have the time to do what God wants you to do. Let's face it, being involved in the life and ministry of the church requires a lot of time and a lot of dedication. Which reminds me of the story I read the other day about a man who called the pastor of a certain church and told him that he wanted to become a member of his church. But the man went on to tell the pastor that he would not be at worship every week, that he was not going to study the Bible that he had no desire to visit the sick or to serve as a Sunday school teacher or at a coffee bar or welcome people or to be an usher or to be on any committee in the church. After hearing what the man had to say, the pastor commended him for his desire to be a church member. But he told him the church that he was looking for, that it was located in another part of town. The man wrote down the address, thanked the pastor, and hung up the phone. He then decided to go find the church that the pastor had told him about. When he arrived at the address, the man came face to face with the result of his own attitude of not wanting to be involved. There, standing in front of him, was an abandoned church building. It was all boarded up and ready to be demolished. So what about you? Are you involved in the life and ministry of your church? Or are you just sitting on the sidelines? I agree with whoever said that Christianity is not a spectator sport. God invites us to get involved in what he is doing in the world, and he expects all of us to do our fair share. So, to encourage you today, I hope that this word, n not to tear you down, 
but to encourage you that if you want more for the church, that's your opportunity to step up and do it. If you see a need in the church, let's not just stand on the sidelines and scream out the calls. Let's get involved. Let's do everything we can to fight through the crowds and, and tear a metaphorical hole in the roof and do what we need to do to get closer to Jesus. Because the closer we get, those men knew they had to get close. They had to be right up to Jesus to get that healing. And if we want to get that healing, if we want that protection, if we want that relationship, we're going to have to get ourselves closer to him. And the way that we do it is through our service and through our study of his word. They go hand in hand. You can't just have one and not have the other. So I encourage you that if you're not involved, get involved. It's not always going to be something you enjoy and it's not always going to be a big highlight. But I'll tell you now, it's not people that you need to worry about their opinions of what you do. You need to realize that God sees it and God loves it. So I pray for you today and myself that we may be encouraged to serve wholeheartedly that we no longer are spectators or bench warmers, but that we get up and we get in the game and we start serving the kingdom because now more than ever, we need to build the kingdom. We need to get everyone into the, uh, the kingdom of God so that they can be removed from the games of the world. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to deliver this word. God, I just thank you for your for your word and for your guidance and and for your motivation and encouragement to influence us and equip us so that we can go and we can serve wholeheartedly so that we can give everything to you, God. You, not just a, 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 an hour on Sunday mornings, not just an hour on Wednesday night, not just a random song here and there, but to fully give our time, our hearts, and our service to you, Father. Just, I pray that you influence everybody who is listening to, to, to let this word encourage them and excite them and motivate them to get in the game. More than ever, God, help us get into the game so that we can be equipped, Father. Let our hearts be molded, fashioned, and built up by you and not the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.